Hey everybody, Potty Mouth here with a special announcement because we recorded last night before Fernando Tatis Jr. hit a Grand Slam, which should be a celebratory thing because last week we declared him as our poster guy. But no, apparently he got scolded for hitting a home run on a 3-0 pitch when they were winning by a lot. You know what? He is in contention for having the most homers in the league and to force the guy who is the face of baseball now to apologize for playing the game well is fucking ridiculous. So NCIB is firmly behind Tatis Jr., Team Tatis. Let's go. Hope you enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to episode 148 of No Crying in Baseball. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hey there. How you doing? I'm okay. I'm hanging in there. I got red wine for a change, so let's see if that makes me classier on this episode. Oh, hey. Well, I'm on beer number two after our happy hour, so I am going to be, as usual, nowhere even near classy. <laughs> That's all right. Hey, you went somewhere this weekend. I went to New York, one of my favorite places. I'm learning to say that. Isn't that weird? That's so like weird. of all places for my kid to like grow up and move to has to be fucking New York. But so I'm learning to love it. So we moved my child into their first apartment yesterday, like a real apartment with a lease and shit. And um and it was one of those like heart-wrenching moments and it's in fucking New York City. So I'm starting to love New York. My kid loves it. But I am never going to love the Yankees, especially with what's going on now and just the humiliation of the level of humiliation for the Red Sox. But New York is all right. It's a good thing that New York has more going for it than just the Yankees. Mm-hmm. It really does. There's the Mets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And after baseball, there's nothing. That's true. Right. Hey, you remember when we said goodbye last week? I said my assignment for the week was to find more dead people among the cardboard cutouts. Sure, you stands. see dead people. I see dead people. I saw some dead people in the Astros stadium. Of course. And <laughs> actually, there are people that I don't necessarily love, but I think it's very sweet that they're there. They're, they were very big Astros fans and very famous Texans. Do you want to hazard a guess? It's a couple. A Bushes? Bushes. Yep. Wow. Yeah, Bushes Bush, in the Bush stand. 41 and Barbara. They were big Astros fans. And so there they are kind of in the front row, which is sweet. Sure. I'm it's, okay it's with sweet. that. You know, they're honoring big fans. And so that's mm-hmm. so. So I saw dead people. On today's show, we've got all the COVID-19 updates, testing, Cardinals, Reds, Cleveland. We have consequences. Who got hit with what for pouting and for fighting? We've got some fun facts of the week. In boyfriend news, we've got some easy come, easy go, and some what might have been. And we're getting a little Vegas with international baseball. <laughs> I love that, getting a little Vegas. Get, sure. Yeah. Break you out know. the Elvis impersonators. What happens in Taiwan stays in Taiwan. Yep. <laughs> yep. Hey, so this is like the season of COVID-19. So, you know, we're sticking to sports and sticking to sports means giving you all of this health information and math and scheduling and craziness and personalities that, oh. So start with testing. Again, MLB does monitoring testing every two days of active players, more if there's a scare on a team, and they report that week's results on Friday. So up through the Thursday, those results get reported on Friday. So on Friday, 
they said we sample we did we tested 12,301 samples, only four positives, all of those were on the Cardinals, right? And then Friday, later that day, they got the results that one Cincinnati Red tested positive. But from the previous week, 0.03% positive. That's pretty darn good. And it was contained. Only one team at the time was affected. It's, you know, they're, they're clamping down a little bit more. I think everyone involved has started taking this a little bit more seriously. The Cardinals are playing again. They, up until this weekend, they had played only five games and they missed 19 days sitting that out. Crazy, crazy stuff when you're talking about a 60 game season. Right. And still no Paul DeYoung, still no Yadier Molina. Mm. They were playing in Chicago. They're playing the White Sox. They took individual rental cars. I mean, they are serious. Well, they are social distancing. I mean, if, if you're, you know, we're not going to be on a bus together. We're not going to be on a plane together. I think that was pretty good. Um, and they won the doubleheader on Saturday against the White Sox. So many of their games are going to be seven inning games, which some people are saying, that's not fair. And other people are saying, oh my God, they're going to play doubleheaders like every freaking day, mm-hmm. right? Cut them some slack. But on Sunday, um, there was a debut at their reliever, Roel Ramirez, gave up four home runs in a row to the White Sox, which made the White Sox and the Nationals the only teams in Major League Baseball to have four home runs in a row in a game twice. So two different games for each team where that happened. So easy come, easy go. They made a big splash, they're back, and then, oops, that debut didn't go so well. I wish I had written more of that down because I did see something about his outing, and I don't remember if he got an out or not, but he 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 gave up a bunch of hits before those four home runs. Yeah, the first well. home run I think was a three-run home run. Yeah, it was a he, lot. Oh, the poor, poor guy. guy. Yes. You get a feel for them. I don't know. Feeling for the Cardinals. We have an opt-out this week, and it is not a player. It is the base running outfield coach from the Cardinals, Willie McGee, who was actually a player on the Cardinals way back in the good old days of the 80s. And he was a NL MVP in 85. So I'm wondering, you're going to wait until like there are all these positive tests in the team to opt out? I mean, he's 61 years old. He has high blood pressure. He talked about like family reasons, but waiting until there's all these positive tests and then saying, oh, this is, yeah, this is too much. I'm going to, I'm going to check out of here. It's the timing is a little weird. I wonder if he thought they had weathered it and then there were these four additional mm. tests this week and he's like, okay, this is never, ever going to end. I just got to get out while I can. I don't know. That's a really good point. That's probably it. So let's talk about that REDS positive test. Um, the results of that test were announced to the team during the ninth inning of the game they were playing Friday night, which means an active player was playing in that game and then found out that he tested positive. There are a lot of suspicions who that is. Um, I think I know who it is, but I'm going to be cool and not name that person because that person has not released his name. But you'll tell me after the show, right? Because I don't know. Sure, I will. So, So the Reds and MLB are doing things mostly right. The That game was against the Pirates, so the rest of the weekend against the Pirates was canceled. The Pirates stayed in town thinking that if everything was okay, they might play a doubleheader on Monday, which was an off day for both teams to make up the Saturday game and the Sunday game. And the two rounds of tests that were done um, since that positive test happened all came back negative for everybody. But we know incubation period. So 
They mm-hmm. sent the pirates back home. The Reds, as of recording time, which, you know, we were about 630 on Monday night, they were still scheduled to fly to Kansas City tomorrow morning on Tuesday to play Kansas City unless something comes back with the tests. Um, if they go to play in Kansas City, we'll know for sure who it is because they'll have to make a roster move. They will have to put that person on the IL and they will have to replace them with somebody. So this is one of those things where, yeah, we're not going to release your name, but there's some math and you can do the math. Um, I heard that uh, that um, the commissioner of baseball, we call him Rob Manfred, sent his private plane on Saturday to collect the tests and take them to Utah. For testing. He knows he's in deep shit. I mean, right? we, we call him Rob Manfred. A lot of other people have a lot of other names for him that I could yeah. probably rattle off a little bit, but he's in deep shit. And he's, I guess, trying to put some of his money where his mouth is, which is, it's just, it's just ridiculous. So, you know, that one of the louder mouths on the Reds is one of our favorites, Trevor Bauer, who, you know, we have sort of one of these love-hate relationships with him. I have not been watching his vlog. Have you watched that? I don't like I can't even pronounce that vlog with a V video that's vlog. Right. I, I saw one episode, not the momentum one, but just some YouTube thing that he did, mm. which it was just kind of sort of him sitting around in his living room talking. And it was a lot of him saying, Well, I don't really know the facts, but or I haven't talked to guys, anyway. but yeah, yeah. So it was just kind of like if hanging around having a beer with Trevor Bauer, which is not, I think it would be entertaining. So it was entertaining, but it wasn't like informative or earth shattering or full of insight. Yeah. I remember the momentum ones when they were like playing in the mid- middle of the desert and those were kind of fun before the, the season ones. actually started. Yeah. 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 So apparently there's going to be one coming out where he's going to be talking about his impressions of how this all went down. And we're again, recording Monday night. It's supposed to be coming out tomorrow. So look for that. It's called inside the COVID season with Trevor Bauer. Yeah. Yes. That is the name on YouTube and vlog number nine is going to have to do with quarantine. Um, the, it, one of the other interesting things about Bauer through this whole thing is that he is raking his ex-agent, who we, of course, adore, Scott Boris, over yeah. the cor- coals. And and actually, you know, I've had like this love-hate thing with Scott Boris on this show as well. Mostly hate. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of that. Um, that some of the hate goes back to when the negotiations were going on between the Players Association and MLB for what the season would look like. And apparently uh, uh, Trevor Bauer accused Boris of, of interfering, right? So he said at the end of May that he was hearing a lot of rumors about a certain player agent meddling in MLBPA affairs. And then he na- named him and said, Scott Boris, Rep your clients however you want, but keep your damn personal agenda out of union business. So the insinuation being that he was influencing his clients in the negotiations process. So now there's some bad, bad blood around around them. And with this whole vlog thing coming up, uh, Trevor Bowers accusing Scott Boris of trying to shut down his vlog. And he said he shut, wants to sl- shut my vlog down. He's not a friend of the people or fans, is not a fan of players marketing themselves, is not a fan of marketing his players. PSA to all the players reading this, he doesn't care about you. He cares about himself and his ego. Be smart. And so Bauer tweeted that, which is a little like, that's fire. That's like throwing it out there. And then he texted his new agent, 
uh, Rachel Luba, I think. Is, yeah, Rachel Luba and texted to her, don't check Twitter. And so, of course, that was her post was a, a shot, a screenshot of that text. So unclear of if uh, Scott Boris recognized it at all. But uh, yeah, that's that's Bauer's impression of him. I did see a recent photo of Trevor Bauer in warmups wearing a T-shirt that said Bauer for commissioner. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, he does have a following. He does have a following, but no, but but he's no. super smart about a lot of things. And he's also, um, you know, volatile about yes. everything else for sure. So he used to pitch for the Cleveland team where there is pitcher upheaval right now with Zach Plesak and Mike Clevenger. And I, boy, last week's episode does not hold up because I talked about how Mike Clevenger spoke up in the players meeting. Well, Mike Clevenger was lying through his teeth during that yeah players meeting because he in fact was out with Zach Plesak and lied about it. Zach did not out him and he did not volunteer that he was also guilty of the same thing and flew back on the plane and holy crap, the team is pissed. And by the team, mm -hmm. I mean their players, the players, his teammates, their teammates are pissed. So since then, they have both continued to test negative. So that's a relief. But the big deal is they violated the team code of conduct. They broke MLB rules for sure, but the, the Cleveland team, the players themselves, created a code of conduct, conduct to follow on the road, at home, everywhere, and they all agreed to it, and they broke it. And the team, their teammates are pissed, like they don't trust them anymore, and they've got to earn that trust back. And they said, we are friends. We like these guys, but this hurts. This is dangerous. This is bad. Francona has all kinds of health issues right now. Cookie Carrasco recovering yeah. from leukemia. I mean, there's a lot. And he's a pitcher, so he's hanging out with these guys. So there is a lot to, to unpack there. So Zach posted this series of videos. I watched part of one and couldn't stand it. In, they're awful. In, they're awful. And in which he basically blamed everybody else. Well, I followed CDC guidelines. Never once said, but I broke the team code of contact and I'm sorry about that. And that mm -hmm. was wrong. He came off as this privileged jerk. And I'm so mad because I saw his last game that he pitched and he was rock solid. He was so much fun to watch. And now I don't like him personally. And I hate that. I want to like these guys. I really liked Mike Clevenger. And now he's a big honking liar. And as as um, the, one of their other pitchers, um, Pluko said, they're grown ass men. They should, mm -hmm. you know, come on now. So there was another team meeting among the players. And both, um, both of those pitchers spoke. And all the players who wanted to spoke to kind of clear the air. And um, it was decided that so they were on the restricted list, but you know because of the of COVID testing, that's the you know you may have been exposed. You need to you know get through this right. um, this protocol. But they sent these guys back to the training site, which is basically optioning them, which means yeah. they are stuck there for like ten days. So it's almost like a suspension that the team has imposed on their own. And what um, Francona and um, Chris Antonetti said was, it's really so the rest of the team can kind of get some space from them for a little while. Right. They're, you know, they are, they're players, they're part of the team, but they need a little bit of space to kind of clear the air and start, you know, feeling better about everybody. 
Yeah, a couple of things. I wish I remember who it was, but I saw one of the players who specifically mentioned how could you do this to Cookie? Like that's mm-hmm. that's yeah. just yeah. everybody had been so behind Cookie Carrasco and it's amazing what he went through and where he is now and how could you do that especially as other pitchers? And like those are two really good starting pitchers for Cleveland. So now everybody's kind of fucked because of that. And and the the Zach Plesak video, he his point was that he was not out at a casino or whatever. There was some rumor that he was like extra out, like at some casino or something. He's like, I was just hanging out with my buddies. And I was kind of like, and and I tweeted, like that's absolute privilege written all over his fucking face. Like, oh, it's okay because I was just hanging out with buddies past curfew instead of being at a casino. No, no, those are both bad. They're equally, I mean, yes, casino maybe would be worse bad, but they're both bad and they're both against what the rules were. So right. that's not a fucking excuse, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, that was, it was bad. And Terry Francona said about that um, whole video montage, which she filmed while driving, mm-hmm. was that he was disappointed. I'm like, oh, wow, you are very diplomatic because I'm mad as hell. And he's not, I'm not, I have no relationship with this guy and I'm mad as hell. While driving without a seatbelt, too. There was no seatbelt strap. It was like, I guess he said it was around his waist. But again, again, that's interpreting the rules the way you want because you're a privileged dude who just doesn't fucking get it. I'm so mad. I'm so mad. And thank God for Shane Bieber holding it up for the Mm -hmm. rest of the Cleveland team right now because 54 strikeouts. He is high. He's above everybody else. He's got a super low ERA. He's doing great. He's fun to watch. And so far, he's not a jerk. Please don't prove me wrong, Shane. Can I talk about some more jerks? Let's do it. <laughs> this is just a jerky episode. Some folks that we talked about last week and the week before, uh, suspension update. Joe Kelly, our favorite fighter, he <laughs> appealed, and that was when we last recorded, so we didn't get the result of that. His uh, suspension was reduced from eight games to five. All right. um, it hasn't actually begun yet because he's still on the I.L., and it doesn't, and what I didn't realize last week is it doesn't start until yeah. he's healthy and, and supposed to get back. He had an appearance on uh, Ross Stripling, who is another Dodgers pitcher, his big swing podcast. I have to listen to it. I just couldn't quite squeeze it in. But apparently, he is bullshit at the Astros. He makes no bones about it, and he's not going to let it go. And he said that he thinks he will be irritated forever. So, you know, read into that, whatever it is. He also said, though, that he felt like they really didn't have anything against him, that he was being completely judged upon past behavior. And who knows, like that pitch, those pitches (laughs) in and of themselves, you know, they didn't, as we had said, they didn't mean anything at that time during that game. So why is he being suspended? But anyway, he gets off with five. More, um, reductions and suspensions. We talked about Ramon Laureano last week in the huge A's-Astros kerfuffle. And what had happened was Alex Cintron, who was the in the Astros dugout, had egged on basically Laureano, who started the fight, right? He's, he's the batting coach, right? We should say he's the Astros mm-hmm. batting coach, not a player. Yeah, yeah. Important. Thank you. Important detail. Um, because so Laureano had been... Uh, Suspended for six games, and that's reduced to four plus a fine. Cintron, though, who did the egging on, 
got a way worse suspension, which seems to be fair. If you look at the tape, if you look at the situation, it totally seems like the bulk of the responsibility should go to the guy who told the other guy to start fighting and then ducked behind everybody else to do the fighting for him. And said terrible things about the player's mother. That's important. Yeah. Thank you. And go back to what Patty said last week, because you explained that really well last week and so many reasons that he got a historic 20 game suspension plus a fine. And apparently this is the longest for an on-field issue in 15 years. And that goes back to 2005 when Kenny Rogers, a pitcher from the Rangers, had a huge altercation with the cameraman. And I wonder if our friends at Two Strike Noise have talked about this because it's a fascinating story. He literally smashed their cameras and assaulted them. Um, (laughs) But if you prorate these 20 games, it's equivalent in a normal season in dog years to 54 games. So it might actually be the longest for an MLB coach if you prorate it. Although I found the COVID protocol and according to this, you're not supposed to prorate, which I thought was really fascinating. So here's what they got fined for, right? It says fighting and instigating fights are strictly prohibited. Players must not make physical contact with others for any reason unless it occurs in normal and permissible game action. Violations of these rules will result in severe discipline. Yeah, well done. Consistent with past precedent, which discipline shall not be reduced or prorated based on the length of the season, which I thought was fascinating. But also, everybody was on the fucking field then, right? There were so many people fighting, and these are the only two suspensions. So why did anybody else? Right. Yep. Yep. I guess they can't suspend two whole teams or half of teams or whatever. But there are a lot more people out there mingling than just Cintron and Loriano, for sure. Well, I got to say, there's a lot of playing fast and loose with consequences right now. Um, For the Nationals alone have had two separate pitchers basically ejected from the stands where they were watching games they were not (laughs) playing in. Uh, Steven Strasburg was ejected for real because he was, in fact, yelling. But the the, um, commentators believe he sort of took it for for his manager, for Davey, because the umpire wasn't quite sure who was yelling, what was being yelled. And Strasburg was sort of volunteering that he was the one doing it. And he was also yelling. So he was one of them. So he was ejected while wearing shorts and a t-shirt sitting in the stands. He had to leave. Um, A few days ago, um, Anibal Sanchez was thrown out of the stands. He wasn't ejected from the game. Uh, uh, The uh, Kenny... Kenny Long, the um oh shoot, I can't forget his name. The um the batting coach for the Nationals was ejected. Oh, I'm no help. Hmm. Um, it's K Long. I just can't remember what the K stands for. Um, and they waved Sanchez out of the stands as well. And he's like, "What? What the heck? What did I do?" And apparently he was John at the at the umpires as well, and says, "You got to leave." But apparently you can't go back to the clubhouse, right? You can't hang out in inside inside so where he, did he go he hung out in the darn like the tunnels like the you know the whatchamacallit the the passageway like down to the he like he couldn't really leave he couldn't really stay so he was sort of in, in, no like in limbo he was in limbo, <laughs> for gosh limbo. Sakes. all right let me tell you a happy thing um may i just say the o's remain over 500 hooray for that um Austin Hayes on the Orioles is the first person in Major League history to have a two-run leadoff home run because he let off the tenth inning with a with the you know force runner on second, so he has a leadoff two-run homer. 
That is so cool. Hey, there's something good about these extra rules. <laughs> oh my God. Cool. And and my O's boyfriend, um, Santander, hit two home runs off of Max freaking Scherzer. So Santander is having a time and I'm glad he's my boyfriend. I've got to say he looked really good doing it. I retweeted like this slow-mo thing that somebody put together and he like looks in the right direction. He's, yeah, he definitely knows, boyfriend he quality. knows we are watching. And um, if we could have... Uh, sportscaster boyfriends there is a guy who um is a commentator for the white Sox who's in contention i apologize for not knowing his name but in the course of watching i i think it was just a condensed you know i might have been watching the whole white Sox game um was talking about the relief pitchers and the white Sox have a, a relief pitcher whose last name is birdie b-u-r-d-i-e who pitched a little bit and then he was removed to make room for um, another relief pitcher named Hamilton. And the sportscaster commentator said, for you Broadway fans out there, bye-bye, Birdie. We've got Hamilton. Oh, that, that's awesome. And yeah. I thought, uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're my guy. You are my guy. So boyfriend news. Potty Mouth, do you want to explain boyfriends? You do it so well. Sure, except for my cat is meowing. So this is every, listeners, this is Emerald. Every time you hear a meow, it's Emerald trying to get on top of my lap. And I keep wanting to move this microphone behind a door that I can close. But here we are. And so I'll talk about boyfriends. We choose guys in the off season. Each of us chooses one guy per team because not only are they good players, at least in Patty's case, they're always good players, but also <laughs> there's something cool about them and something that we identify personally with them. And it makes the season more fun because then we each have one guy per team that we call our baseball boyfriend and we check in on them and see how they're doing. Thank you for that. So while checking in on my boyfriends, I, I go to several different, you know, baseball sites to look at things. And I went to the ESPN site and this morning they give you, you know, your top six headlines, you know, over in the sidebar. The first one was about that pitching debut for the White Sox gone wrong, which was actual baseball news. The next four of them were about stars, about players going to the IL. And the last one was a COVID story. I'm like, oh, come on. Really? This is what we're talking about. But let me tell you, one of those, uh, those four uh, stars to the IL is my uh, my Blue Jays guy, Bo Bichette. Where last this past week he went in one game he went five for five including a home run and two stolen bases versus the Marlins right he was ripping it up and now he's on the ten day IL for a right knee sprain so yikes oh no Bichette so oh. he is he is definitely the fodder for one of the best like Twitter threads that keeps popping up and it's sort of like Bo Bichette Flo Bichette go Bichette like his his name just lends itself to a lots of stuff. And now that he's hurt, it's, oh no, Bichette. Oh no, where'd you go, Bo Bichette? It's so yeah. true. I've got a little bit of out with the old boyfriend, in with the new in a bad way. So last year's uh, Yankees boyfriend, DJ LeMahieu, sprained his thumb. So oh, no. he's out. But this year's boyfriend, who had been optioned to the training site, Miguel Andujar, is back up to replace Yay. him. And oh my gosh, we've got a hamate thing. I think this was you, Potty Mouth, for saying the word hamate <laughs> last week. Tommy Pham, who was my boyfriend way back when he was on the Cardinals two teams ago, um, is out with a hamate situation for now for the Padres. And Josh Naylor, who just last week I said was, you know, had been optioned to the training site, is back. So that's I got two out with the old boyfriends, back in with the new boyfriends. And in case there's anyone out there who is as clueless as I was, handmate is a bone in your hand that when you break it and get it fixed, you have superpowers. So yeah, right? Tommy Pham in, in about a month is going to be 
uncontrollable. It's going to be out of this world. Um, Matty Mustache, otherwise known as Matt Olson, who was last year's Matt on the A's. This year, it's actually Chappie. Um, until yesterday, only hit home runs. The only hits he what? had were home runs. Eight straight home runs. He had strikeouts and other things in between, but his only hits were home runs. Until yesterday, when he had three singles. But until then, the only thing he hit was a home run. And I am firmly on the A's bandwagon. I am all in for the Oakland A's. They are so much fun to watch. It's not just because they um, jump into altercations with the Astros. Uh, they have a lot of bats. Your guy, Piscotti, right? Is Piscotti your boyfriend this year? I, I think, think so. Yeah. He, yeah. He's having a hell of a year. There's so many guys that are fun to watch um, Although, on the A's. <laughs> Piscotti had a really shitty play the other day. So my Giants boyfriend is Mike Yastrzemski. Yeah, yes, and the whole Red Sox thing. But he had an inside the park home run, and it was a little league one. Yeah, and it was, was Piscotti who did the first um, error on that, and then it was just you know put in that music, send in the clowns. But he made it home. <laughs> what are your boyfriends up to? Well. I, I have an ex-boyfriend that I want to mention. So one thing about our boyfriend thing is that we pick new ones each year because, you know, that's fun and we get to know more guys and profile them in the off season. But I kind of feel a little bit attached to guys that I had before. And Jose Altuve is just being, you know, he, he's taking this really hard. And I'm feeling so mixed about the whole Astros scandal and, you know, thinking about what Kelly said. And there are just so many people out there that are never going to forgive them that this was so bad and it ruined pitchers careers and understandably fucked up a lot of stuff. But a little bit of what, you know, Kelly was saying is that the players have not been punished, although they're really taking it hard and Altuve for him, it feels like he is really punishing himself. And it's just, I feel like we don't know. We don't know who did what and what went behind the scenes, but he is doing super shitty this year. He's average is 184, which is just, you know, all-time low for him. And Dusty Baker, who we adore, the new manager who's trying to scrape this team together, said that it's killing him and it's killing us to see him feel this way. And he went into Dusty and asked him to lower him in the batting order. And Dusty said in his whole career, he has only had that happen once before, that players do not ask to be put down in the batting order, but he did it for Altuve. And he has only been fifth or lower in the batting order 17 times in his career out of 1,262 games. Wow. Yeah. So I feel bad for that guy. Uh, one of my current boyfriends who I feel bad for is Jeff McNeil of the Mets, who went smashing into the outfield wall in a scary catch. He made the last out of the inning. He hung on to it. But it was terrifying to see. And the worst part is he had to be carted off. And you know, whenever they come in and have to cart somebody off the field, that it's going to be something serious. So people were shaking about it. But it turns out that he just has a contusion on his knee. He wasn't even concussed. So yeah, I yay. saw that game. And I think what happened was that the, um, the, the guess was that where he slammed into the wall was probably where one of like the, the, the I don't know if it's steel, the supports are behind the padding. Oh. So his knee hit the worst part of the, the wall to hit. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Well, I guess it, it could have been a lot worse, right? That was against the Nats. Yeah, it was. Oh, yikes. Well, speaking of the Nats, let's do here's, here's like good news, boyfriend news. Juan Soto, who I've kept on for two years because we're allowed to keep one boyfriend from year to year, he is just raking it. 
I, he sort of like pulled at my heartstrings as a mama. And, you know, the kid's 21 years old and our kids are not that much younger than that. And he's, he was talking about his first road trip. And he said, it's a little bit weird because I don't have my mom around. Oh my I mean, he had his mom on the road, like cooking for him and stuff, the poor kid. But he managed to do pretty well. Last week, he was uh, 12 for 26 with five home runs, including three of them were opposite field, which is crazy, and 13 RBI. He had two home runs at, at the Mets that were so far. One went over that big apple thing in center field, uh, 463 feet. And then as soon as everybody was gushing about that, the next game, 466 feet. That is crazy. And just before we started to record, I saw his tweet that he was all excited that he's NL Player of the Week and doing the Soto Shuffle, which he's getting a lot of shit about. You know, come on, let let the let the kids play. Let the kids he's, play. Like, let him shuffle. It's fun. And you know, the big question is with these kind of numbers. And even though this season is screwed and the numbers are all weird and don't mean shit, he missed those first eight games because of a positive test that, you know, is really looking like it could have been a bloop because he had negative tests around it and he never had any symptoms and who knows. So the poor kid. And he currently has the highest um, OPS in the league, but it doesn't come up when you do MLB stats because I think he doesn't have enough uh, plate appearances yet to qualify. So because of missing those, those eight games. So he's got the best out of the, the games he has played. It's just that there aren't enough of them yet. Um, Can I just insert very quickly that um, Brandon Lau, my Tampa Bay boyfriend is the AL player of the week. Oh, there we have a double boyfriend player of the week. week. That is pretty sweet. I like the double boyfriend thing. So I I just want to mention really quickly a boyfriend I wish I had. And I am claiming him for next year right now for the Red Sox. So when we chose our Red Sox boyfriends this year, we went down to the minors because we knew we didn't want anyone who maybe possibly was involved in any sort of cheating situation. And I went the wrong way, but I, I can see why. So Jonathan Arauz really should have been my boyfriend, but maybe it's just fate telling me I should have him for next year. Um, I think I get a little bit of an excuse because he wasn't even on the team until the Rule 5 in December, and he hadn't played above double A. But he's from, first of all, his name, like Arauz. Like, how much fun is that? He has the hair. He has Fernando Tatis Jr. hair. It's fantastic. that's good hair. Absolutely. And he was born in Chiriqui. And for those of you who are really dedicated listeners, you know that my Panamanian team from the Serie del Caribe last year was the Astronautas de Chiriqui, the Astronauts of Chiriqui. And they have been totally pushing it. Like, I was wondering, why is all this Astronautas media pushing out stuff about Arauz? And it's because he's from there. And I was looking at some uh, some of the articles in Spanish, and it was adorable because the so Red Sox in literally in Spanish is Medias Rojas, but they called them the Pati Rojas, Pati Rojos, which is like um, uh, patas or, or paws. So it's like red paws, oh. which is like a like, like the red puppy kind of thing, which is really sweet. He is a switch hitter, which I didn't realize. He took a little bit of a while to warm up. He didn't get a hit for, I think, four. I think his fifth game playing is when he got a hit. But since then, he had a five-game hitting streak going nine for 17 until the fucking Yankees, until last night, Sunday night, he did not get a hit against the Yankees. But he's batting 310. 
out of 29 at-bats. So that's not too bad. Um, when he was, the, the night that he got his first hit, before he got it, he had an almost first hit that really should have been a hit. It was against the Rays, and Kevin Kiermeyer in that outfield robbed it. And Michael Chavis, who is totally runner-up boyfriend up this, just like the emotion, because he's a young kid too, just flipped him off. And there's just this great still <laughs> shot of Michael Chavis with his you know, middle finger up, like, I wanted this kid to get his first hit now. So I'm thinking that maybe next year I might have a new theme. I had this Curacao theme last year, right? So Panamanians, maybe. There are only sure. five right now. Arauz is number 64 total of Panamanians in MLB. But, you know, stay tuned for next year. I'm going to be looking at how the Panamanians are doing. I do so love a theme. Yeah, yeah. Leave it to me with the theme. You, you mentioned uh, Tatis Jr. of the great hair, and I watched mm. him play against the uh, Diamondbacks this past week, and he hit a home run into the teddy bears at Chase Field. <laughs> and I think we may have talked about the teddy bears. I can't remember, but your ex, your former boyfriend from the D-backs, David Peralta, said, "I'm lonely out here." in um in left field i need some friends and so they filled this little uh, triangle shaped part of the stands with these giant teddy bears to honor the um, children's hospital patients and workers Aww. and they have a a fundraiser going that if any diamondbacks hit a home run into the teddy bears that um they donate a thousand dollars to um a, a diamondbacks fund for covid relief and That's I don't so know. Awesome. I don't know if they invite opposing players. I don't know if they said, "Hey, Fernando, nice hit. <laughs> Give us a thousand dollars." But um, yeah, so there were the teddy bears. They, I didn't mention them in the open because they they may not be alive, but they're not actually, you know, dead. So no. teddy bears. Yeah, and I love that boyfriend to boyfriend thing. And I think I'll find the link for the when when I profiled Peralta because it's one of those stories that you want to hear again. It's one of those comeback stories, and he's just such a good guy. Yay, teddy bears. All right, all over to the other side of the world. KBO, Korean baseball, is being shut down a little bit. They had really? opened it up. Yeah, they had been opening up to fans. And because in the Seoul area, the daily cases of COVID went over 100. Now, I mean, for here, it's like 100 cases. No, you know, like nobody would think about 100 cases, but they get over 100 cases in a major city and they stop fans at four stadiums. And this affects the Twins, the Wiz, the Bears, the your Wyverns and the Heroes. There's five teams, four stadiums. I'm not quite sure how that works, but trust me, <laughs> that's, that's I what do, I read implicitly. and I'm going to stick with it. So the team that I had been following all season, the Dinos, because Dinos, have been in first place all along, but I'm starting to sweat. Like they had been clearly in first place since the beginning of the season, zero wavering. They are in first place at the time of recording by a half of game over the heroes. And I'm extra pissed off about this because you know that's Addison fucking Russell went to the heroes batting 317, propping them up, threatening my poor dinosaurs. I mean business. I am so pissed off. Um, your Wyverns are still struggling, 23 and a half games behind, but last place Eagles are 28. But grr, I want those dinos to start roaring a little bit more. In Taiwan, CPBL has gotten very tight. Now, remember, we're in the second half of the season, which means the, the slate was cleared 
after the first half. The brothers won the first half, and now we're waiting for a second half winner, and things are mighty tight. And I have to say, shockingly, that this week the Fubon Guardians are in first place. No way. Isn't that crazy? So I thought it was crazy enough last week when I got to say that my beloved uni president Lions were in first place. Lions are half a game back now behind the Guardians. So all you Guardian fans, Sean Kramer, if you're listening, you guys are very happy. Enjoy the lead. We'll see what happens. You know, the, the Guardians manager is fascinating to watch during games because he is like mono-emotional. He's got this like resting pitch face that just sits there through the whole game. You know, he may, once in a while, maybe he'll stand up, but he's always looking kind of pissed off. And he was with the Monkees forever, apparently. And he's first year with the Guardians. So who knows? But I am super, super, super rooting for the Lions. And even though you're a Monkees fan, you must have a teeny, teeny bit of Lions hope because of our deal with Clive. Clive Here we go to Vegas. We're going to yeah, Vegas. We're going to Vegas with Clive Shoe. Clive, <laughs> you want to go to Vegas with us? So Clive, when he was on last week, was talking about the 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 signed Lions balls. And I got the Lenanco ball. And he said he also had a Renicky ball. And Patty, you were like joking that I was muscling in on it. And I totally was. And <laughs> I, I wasn't joking. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we did talk on the show, I think. I mean, I did predict that I thought the Lions were going to take the second half or at the very least earn a playoffs or earn a playoff spot if they didn't take the second half. And our friend Clive Shue said it was the monkeys all the way. Well, we have a good friend. Thank you very much on Twitter, Amber Chen, who when we, we posted this little bit of a kerfuffle on Twitter, said the winner gets the Renicky signed ball. And Clive said deal. So that means, friends, if the Lions pull it off somehow, either from winning all right, outright, or if the brothers win and because they'll have won both and the Lions have enough wins to make it to the playoff, or if the Lions have enough. Wait, who was it? I, I think if it's if you're the, just saying words now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am just saying words. There there are certain circumstances which there I've outlined go. very clear, clearly before I had two beers about how the Lions could still make it to a playoff round, even if they don't take the second half. Anyway, if that happens, then I get the Renicky ball. And even more, he threw something in for Patty because Clive is such a nice guy. So he said that in the first tweet, he said, I will try my best to get you a dimple cannonball who is the monkey's boyfriend player for Patty. And soon after that, he said, I got it. And he actually showed me pictorial evidence. So Patty, you will get a dim dimple cannonball. That's Chu Yushen. And he actually just hit the this thousandth home run in shit. I'm going to, I always screw up with this pronunciation, Taiwan baseball stadium. So he's doing well. You've got the ball coming at you. Do I, do I have the ball coming at me? I hope so. He then Clive. Clive said, though, you know, I, I should get something in return because I already have the Renicky ball. So when Amber said, like, the winner gets the Renicky ball, I was like, yay! And Clive's like, well, I actually have it. So what are you guys going to give me? And Patty, like, bless your soul, as a Monkeys fan, like, ponied up. Hey, I've got this Jim Palmer Orioles jersey. We could throw that in the mix. To be fair, it's a promotional giveaway jersey. I would not okay. part with a real Jim Palmer jersey. It was a freebie. <laughs> 
All right, Clive's going to get at us now on that one. I offered to say nice things about the O's, which I'm probably going to have to do anyway before <laughs> this season is over because they're doing so spectacularly well. But that's that's the down low. You guys are all witnesses. And I've got to say, stay tuned this upcoming Saturday because the other thing we plugged with our interview with Clive Shue was his singing the the Take Me Out to the Ball game during the seventh inning stretch, which they don't do in Taiwan. Surprise, surprise. But Clive has been trying to do it. And he was trying to get his co-commentator, Richard Wang, to do it with him. And Richard was being a weird stick in the mud about it. But then with the rain delay the other day, Richard actually recorded his own version and posted it on Twitter. And so he has now promised Clive that they will do a duet and somebody might be even bringing a keyboard. So everybody set your alarms for this upcoming Saturday. There will be a Clive-Richard duet during the 7th. And, you know, the Saturday games start at 5 in the morning. But by the time you get to the 7th inning, it's going to be like 8 o'clock. That's like sleeping I in. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. This is Eastern Standard Time. Sorry, folks. But anyway, check that out. The very last CPBL uh, thing I want to tell you is to check the notes and look at the video footage of the Maya Saru, who's the Taiwan bomber on the Lions, one of the elder players. He just got his thousandth career hit. And part of the celebration was his absolutely adorable son throwing out a pitch and he nailed it. Like this kid, he's he's got to be like five if you're like maybe, maybe. He's really little, but he pitches really well. So I figured they better get him the bullpen like step. <laughs> That's so absolutely great. I love that so much. I will set an alarm and my alarm will be potty mouth. Please remind me yes. that morning to, to get my, get my uh, stuff. I actually don't even have to get out of bed. I just need to, you know. Get on Twitter. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Hey, we had a contest that didn't involve wagering or Vegas or anything, but it did involve a baseball and there's a winner. Yes, this is very exciting. We've been trying to get you all to put in enough entries so that we could award an unforgettable. And for anybody who's wondering, just go to unforgettables.com and you'll be so sad if you have not entered this contest. But we have a winner, Olivia Green is the winner of the Unforgettable. If you're listening to this, Olivia, before you get the message, send an email to us at, uh, what, what's our email? NCIBpodcast at gmail.com. It sure is. Or, or just info at Unforgettables and claim any Unforgettable that you would like. And I rest assured there are so many to choose from. You will love it. Everybody else, check out Unforgettables. It's a really great site. It's a wonderful woman who does great art. And while you're online, you should find us on social media because we'd love to talk with you. Potty Mouth, where can people find us? We sure do. Check us out on Twitter, NCIB Podcast, Facebook and Instagram, No Crying in B-Ball. I'm going to do a little time this week trying to find more dead people in the stands, but not a lot. Because <laughs> I figure if all I could find were, were Bush 41 and Barbara this week, um, I, I, pickings are slim or they're all inside jokes that I don't get. So I'm just not seeing them, but I am going to watch as much baseball as I can while it's still happening. Me too. And I have been very low on the MLB watching because of said child who is now in New York. So I'm going to be able to up it now because we've been doing like family nights and the kid, despite our you know best efforts throughout their entire life has not caught on to the baseball thing. So I've been doing my morning baseball with Taiwan but starting right now, maybe even tonight, I will be watching a lot of MLB. 
Excellent. I'm off right now to go watch the Nats and the Atlanta baseball team. So if you are um, in between watching baseball games this week, whether you're doing it over breakfast or in your evenings, please um, feel free to leave us a review or a rating. Listen to some past episodes if you like and tell your friends about us here at No Crying in Baseball. And until next time, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth. <laughs>